Hey, man, I'm excited you guys are here today. Um, you know, I, I was praying a couple of weeks ago about what I should share about, and the Lord, you know, just put on my heart about the person of the Holy Spirit. Say person of the Holy Spirit. He's actually a real person, and he's not a it, he's not a thing. Um, it is actually Jesus in the Spirit, and I wanted to kind of jump into that. So we entitled it, I Ain't Afraid of No Ghosts. And the ghost, as Lulu had already said, it is Holy Spirit. So let's just go to the Lord in prayer real quick. Father God, we're excited about being here today, Father, as a family. We pray that your word just touches our hearts and our minds, God, and that we, we grow in understanding of who you are and who Holy Spirit is in us and through us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. We all said amen, amen. Sometimes we're afraid of what we do not see or do not know or do not understand, right? We all have fears. We all have things that, you know, we don't really understand to the fullness. And so I love this quote. I don't know who uh, wrote this quote. It's actually an unknown author. It says, what we don't understand, we fear. What we fear, we judge as evil. What we judge as evil, we attempt to control. And what we cannot control, we attack. And I thought about that. I was like, wow, that's so real. You know what I mean? Like, sometimes what we can't control, how many of y'all, like, are control freaks, control freaks in the house, right? Control freaks. I'm kind of one of them, right? I remember the first time um, I, was, I was on a plane. I was real young, and I thought about it. I'm like, there's absolutely nothing I can do on the plane if things go bad, right? Except they tell you to put your, put your head between your legs. I don't know what that does. Something else I don't know what happens. Uh, I hate this about planes is I'm a big dude, right? Y'all, any big guys in here? And you got to sit up in these planes, and your knees hit the back of the other. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Your knees hit the back of the other seat. And before takeoff and landing, they make you put your seat up like one inch. Please put your seat all the way up. I'm like, what's the difference? If the plane's going to go down, one inch isn't going to matter. But we fear a lot of times what we can't control, right? And people, just being real, we fear a lot of different things because we don't understand them. Meaning, sometimes when you're working and you're kind of in the working class, you fear because you don't understand, like, corporate America and corporations, right? Sometimes we're like, oh, man, it's the big guys that are hating on everybody. Those that are technology challenged, I'm not going to say a, a few names, but you, you know who you are. It, it, sometimes computers scare us because we don't understand how to work technology. Not nobody in this room. And if I could be real... Sometimes, even as Christians, we're afraid of, like, Muslims and other religions because we don't really truly understand them. If I could be real with you, a couple years ago, I, got, I, got, I was blessed to be able to fly to, um, to Southeast Asia, right, to, to this country that I had to get a layover in Abu Dhabi, right? So I went from a Delta Airlines to a full, and I don't even remember the name, it was a Muslim Airlines, and on the back of the screens, you know, I was watching this TV, and before we took off, here comes this Muslim priest jumping on this, this TV, saying a prayer, and I was one of the only Americans in the plane. There was people literally getting onto the aisles, bowing down in the plane, y'all, in the plane, bowing down to Allah, praying. The only thing I could, I, I could do is I sat down, I buckled my seat, but I said, Jesus, you better be with me. And I could, I, I'd be lying to you. If I said, you know, there wasn't some sort of fear in my mind because of a lack of understanding of what they were doing in their faith. I didn't even understand the language, right? It requires us sometimes to acknowledge, right, 
that some of our fear is based on, you know, understanding or lack of understanding. And we have to be willing, right, to address it and to make an effort to just fix that. Familiar things generate peace and calmness. You ever been out of town and you're sleeping in a bed and you can't really sleep like you can sleep in your own bed? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? But when you get to your own bed, you get to your own bedroom, you lay in your own bed with your own pillow and your own blankets, you're like, oh, this feels so good. You get a really good night's rest. Why? Because you're familiar with your own bed and your own bedroom. Familiar things generate peace and calmness, whereas things that are foreign to us or unfamiliar with us sometimes scare us to different degrees, right? Like I was scared on that plane. I, I, honestly, part of me was like, oh, Lord, you better, you know, you better watch over me. Somebody might have been freaking out to the point that they were crying or somebody else might have understood the culture and not been scared at all. So things that are unfamiliar to us, you know, do different things in us. And in the text I want to read, we see Jesus. This is like his final hours before going to the cross. He's saying to the disciples, to his followers, some of the most important things before he bounced and took off. The primary theme that we see Jesus talking about is Holy Spirit. One, the one that Jesus was leaving behind after he took off from the earth. And we read it in John 14, 26, I think we have the scripture right here. It says, but when the Father sends the advocate, say advocate, as my representative. This is Jesus saying, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit. He, who, Holy Spirit, will teach you everything and will remind you everything that I have told you. Now that's good news. Why? Because we're human beings and we tend to do one thing, forget Am I right? When things start to get rough, we forget what God has done for us. When things get, when things get crazy in our lives, and, and trust me, if the older you get, the crazier seasons get. We forgot what God had promised us. We forgot what God had said. So Jesus knew that we would need an advocate, a representative to remind us everything that he had said. John 16, 13, when the spirit of truth comes. Now check this out. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? What does the Bible say? All truth. This is Jesus speaking. Does that mean Jesus didn't guide us into all truth? Absolutely correct. Because if he would have told us everything, we, our minds would have just been blown. I mean, Jesus says, no, I'm going to send you one who's coming after me, right, who's my advocate, who basically is me, and he will guide you. Guide you into what? The rest of the truth, all the truth, he will not speak on his own, but he will only tell you what he has heard. I love that. I love that the Spirit doesn't speak on his own. He speaks on behalf of the triune trinity. He, he speaks on behalf of God. Why? Because he is God. Acts 1-4. This is after Jesus had, had died and, and resurrected, and he told his disciples something. He says this, he says, on one occasion while they were eating with them, right, he gave them this command. This is Jesus. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father had, what? Promise, which you have heard me speak about. What is this gift? The gift is Holy Spirit, which they were about to receive in Acts chapter 2. 
So what do you think of when I say Holy Spirit? See, many people think of, you know, God the Father and the Son as co-equals, but somehow we seem like Holy Spirit is the lesser of the three. He's invisible. We can't see him. So he's not as real as Jesus was when he walked this earth, right? See, I want, I want us to understand how the person of the Holy Spirit, who he is and what is his purpose. I want you to become familiar with the Holy Spirit working in you and working around you so that when you start to see him work, it's just like you lying in your bed. You have this calmness and this peace because sometimes it's what we don't understand or things that are unfamiliar with us that scare us a little bit. So there's four ways that the Holy Spirit is revealed or described in his word, but also in our lives. And I want to break down these four things, but I also want to break down each of its purposes. Is that cool? So one way that he's revealed or described in scripture is as water. Water. Right? H2O. High quality H2O. What movie is that? Boom. There we go. Water boy. I can't, I, I don't sound like him. But, but John 7, 38 and 39, whoever believes in me, as the scripture has says, rivers of living water will flow within them. Right? Rivers of living water. Now that's a, a weird sight to see, right? I'm walking all of a sudden, water starts busting out of me. No, he goes on to explain it. He says, by this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. So he's talking about someone that was coming, right, that would flow like water in and through you. He says, no, it's not actually H2O. It's actually Holy Spirit. He will flow like water. Well, what is the purpose of water? One thing I know about water is nothing will grow on this earth, right? No, no plant, no fruit. No seed will grow without water. One purpose of water is it fertilizes. Nothing will grow. There are droughts all the time, right, that kill thousands and millions and millions of dollars of, of, of crops because there is no rain. Psalm 1 says that the person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields it, its fruit in season and whose leaves will not wither, and whatever he does will prosper. One thing I know about this river, right, it doesn't matter how much it rains and how much it doesn't rain, because if the tree is planted by the river, the tree isn't dependent upon the rain. The tree is dependent upon the stream. Do we understand that? The roots grow deep, the roots grow wide, and it's receiving its fertilization and nourishment not from the rain. It's not waiting on nothing or nobody. It is actually receiving all of its food from the stream, which is Holy Spirit. The second thing that water does, it refreshes, right? It refreshes. I grew up in Miami, Florida. It was like 110 degrees, like 90% humidity. Anybody know about that? I used to skateboard, I used to bicycle as a kid, right? That was before, like this is before Nintendo. I'm talking about old school. And man, when we used to get, we used to get super thirsty, we used to just pull over to our friend's house and turn on this thing on the outside of the house, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? The hose. Some of y'all know where I'm going with this, right? We used to take that hose and we used to just pour it over our heads, but we used to like drink like 
gallons of water out of the hose. Right? Y'all can say, ew, that's nasty. It sounds nasty today, but we used to do it. You know why? I'm talking about before bottled water. I'm older than what, I, what, what you think. It refreshes. John 14, 14. By the way, I'm going to give you a whole lot of Bible. I'm going to give you a whole lot of words. So y'all better be taking notes. And y'all got to, like, study up for yourself. Don't just believe what I'm saying. Read the word for yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to nourish you and water you through the word. It refreshes. But whoever drinks of this water that I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water that I give them will, will be like a spring of water welling up to eternal life. See, when we're really thirsty, what we really need is water, right? Not soda, not Coke, not milk, not coffee, not even Gatorade. See, the world tries to sell us all these fancy things that, that they try to satisfy us. But what we really need is God. That's what we really need. Right, I watched a commercial the other day. It says, Snickers, what? Satisfies. But it only satisfies for a few minutes. And then you realize, like, uh-oh, I shouldn't have ate that thing. It's not as satisfying, right? Everybody that I bump into in the history of my life, they're looking to be fulfilled. They're looking for that real satisfaction. And their only place that we can have real fulfillment comes, comes from one source, and one source alone, and it is Jesus. Water also cleanses us, right? I take showers every day. Praise God. Praise God that, you know, in America, we, we, we actually have running water, clean water, where we could get in a shower or pull up a bathtub and put bubbles in it and do whatever you like to do, those bath bombs. Any ladies in here like those bath bombs, right? Shh, they fizzle up. It's crazy. But it cleanses there's two types of people in the world that brush, when you brush your teeth, there's a type of person, you like me, you leave the water running while you're brushing your teeth because you like to put the, the toothbrush under it three or four times. Like it got dirty, you got to put it under, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? And there's another person like, turn off the water. You're wasting water. That's you, right? But we, re, we, we put the toothbrush under the water because we, you know, it's cleansing it. Ephesians 5.26 says this, right? That the Spirit cleanses us with wa the water of the Word. Like the washing of the Word is like a spiritual daily cleansing. Now, we could, we, could, we could take this verse, right, and say, you know what? You take showers and baths every day to get clean, right? Well, the question is, are you washing yourself with the Word every day to be cleansed, right, from the inside out to cleanse your mind from patterns of thinking? The, the water cleanses. The last thing that the water does is it fills. Water is, is, is abundant in this world. I don't know if you know that. Two-thirds of this world is actually water. Right? John 7 says, out of your bellies will flow rivers of living water. What does that mean? That means there's plenty of Holy Spirit to go around, and he will find anyone who wants to be filled and fill them up. Not to just fill, 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 fill up all the way, but to where your cup will runneth over in the name of Jesus. What does that mean? That means that the water, the spirit that's flowing in you is overflowing in you and it's starting to affect other people's lives. You start to overflow with this water. Amen? The second way the Holy Spirit is revealed in our lives is through fire. Say fire. 
Now, this is something we don't like as much, right? Because sometimes when we're going through the fire, it doesn't really feel that good. Sometimes when we're going through things that God is allowing us to go through to burn out the impurities that don't represent his kingdom in us, we don't like that, so we push back a little bit or we run the different direction. Matthew 3.11, talking about John, he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I, whose J's I'm not worthy enough to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. It didn't say J's, it says sandals, but I'm just, you know, 2019. He says he's going he's gonna to baptize you. What does that mean? To immerse you, right, with the Holy Spirit and fire. John says he baptized in water, but the one coming after him is going to baptize with the Holy Spirit and fire. Like what? I don't think we fully get that. I don't think we fully understand that. I love this saying. It says, Christians are like tea bags. Any tea drinkers in here? Tea drinkers? Yeah. I drank some tea the other day. Right? It's late at night. This is actually Friday night after City Takers. We go to Marietta Diner, right? I said, let me get a hot tea, decaf, with honey. I like to sweeten it with honey. I think I'm actually doing good, but I'm not probably not doing that good. Anyways, Christians are like tea bags. You don't know what they're made of until you put them in hot water. Right? What's inside of you when you're walking through the fire is going to come out of you. Right? That's why that's why Holy Spirit baptizes us not just with him but with fire. Because you really, we really know who you're made of when you actually got to go through something. Fire has purpose. The one thing that it does, it illuminates, right? It brings light to situations. 1 Corinthians 10, 2.10 says that the Spirit searches and reveals deep truths, right? It shines light in the darkness. It brings things to the lights. Right? When I look at my life, right, for 20-something years, I was living in darkness. But when the Holy Spirit came, right, he illuminated the darkness. He brought hope. He, he, he forgave me of my sins. He made me a new creation. The old is gone. One thing I know is when you put wood in fire, right, it burns it up. And you have to continue to fuel the fire. Which the second purpose is ignites. There's a combustion that happens with fire. One thing I used to be, you know, in the, in, in the car business, in the service side of the car business, I wasn't the one actually working on the cars, but I was, I was doing everything but working on the car. And I learned a lot about, about vehicles, right? I learned that the gas isn't the, the only thing you need to get that vehicle to go. The engine has something in it called a spark plug. You know about the spark plug? The spark plug actually does, it actually sparks. There's a combustion that happens. It's like a shock almost. It's like a fire. It shoots off a fire beam. It almost looks like this thing right here. Y'all remember the movie, right? Y'all remember the movie, right? It shoots off like an like a electrical current, and that is what ignites the fuel. The fuel doesn't ignite itself. You actually have to have a spark plug that has this combustion that ignites the fuel. 
And when you're walking with the Lord, see, the, the, the fire, right, Ho Holy Spirit is what ignites the fuel. The fuel is the Word of God. you got to fuel yourself up with the Word of God. But you need something to ignite the fuel, which is Him. It's Holy Spirit in you. Right, John 5, 35 says, John was a lamp that burned and gave lights. He was this burning, shining light. And there's no greater compliment in 2019 that if somebody looked at you and said, you know what, this person is on fire for the Lord. That's a compliment. Right? We, we look at social media right now, and there's, everything is Jesus is king, Jesus is king. It's a light. It's a lampstand broadcasting to the world that Jesus Christ is king. It's amazing. Exodus 3.2, we read about this in the Old Testament. Moses was walking around, right? He said he seen an angel. It appeared to him, and he heard a voice from the middle of a bush. Not just a, not just a bush. It says that the bush was engulfed in flames, but the bush didn't burn up. This is the fire we're talking about. You have to ignite something. It ignites your life. It, all of a sudden, you were dead, and now you come alive baptized with his spirit. One last thing that fire does is it purifies. Fire purifies. And this is, this is the hard part, y'all. Right? This is gold and silver is placed in the fire to bring out its impurities. And what it does, it actually makes the gold and silver more valuable. Malachi 3.2 says this, but who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he will be like a refiner's fire or a launderer's soap. He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the Levites and refine them like gold and silver. Then the Lord will have men and women who will bring offerings in righteousness. The fire purifies. And the last thing that the fire does is it spreads. It spreads. Right? We go to Portland every year for this big outreach called Day in the Park. We work with a friend of ours church called Revolution Church. A couple years ago, we were at this, this park in southeast Portland, and literally it was like foggy outside. And you know what it was? There was these little things falling from the, from the sky. It was ash that was falling from the sky because there was fires out there that were like thousands and thousands of acres were on fire. And you know how the fire lit? Somebody did a firework and it landed in some, you know, dry brush. And next thing you know, thousands and thousands of acres are burning. One thing fire does is it spreads. At the beginning, uh, at the beginning of Acts, we see 120 men and women gathered in a room. They received Holy Spirit. They walk out of the room. The Bible says that men and women thought that they were drunk because they were speaking in different languages. People were hearing Men speak in their native language. All of a sudden, the Bible says this real clear. Read it for yourself. That 3,000 people were added unto the kingdom. They received the fire. They walked out of the room. 3,000 people were added that day. That means 3,120 people started the church the day that they received the Holy Spirit. Fire can do nothing but spread. The third way... Spirit of God is described it as wind. Say wind. John 3, 8. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it's coming from or where it's going. 
So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. One thing I know about wind is very powerful. It's powerful, right? I told you all the story in 1992. I was in Miami, Florida. I went through a, a hurricane, right? A hurricane, 250 plus mile, mile an hour winds. It knocked down every part of my house except the room that I was in with my little brother, my mother, and a tiny little dog. And we read about in Acts chapter 2 that when the Spirit of God came, there was a sound like a mighty rushing wind which blew through the early church. Wind is powerful, but also wind is also essential in this earth. We need wind. Did you know that? That the earth requires wind. So it's natural resources, right, can grow and things can happen and water can move. All the, everything is dependent upon the wind. And guess what? Me and you, human beings, learn how to use wind as a resource to the point that is our number one resource of building energy on this earth. We're dependent upon the wind. And guess what? In John 15, 5, it says, we can do nothing apart from him. Right? So we, Holy Spirit, and us, we have a dependency upon him. We need him to come like wind. It's essential. The last thing I know about wind is it's invisible. You can't take a picture of the wind. You can only take a picture of its effects. You can't take a picture of the wind, but you can take a picture of its effects. We can't see Holy Spirit, but we certainly can see his effects in our lives and in lives around us. We can see him moving a lot of times. He is like the wind. We can't say, oh, he's going this direction or he's going that direction. We can't see him, but we can see the evidence of him at work. The last way the Holy Spirit's revealed in our life is by a still small voice. Did you know that Holy Spirit still speaks in 2019? Matthew 10, 20, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of God speaking in you and through you, as the Father will give you the words to say in the time of need. God will still speak through his body, through his church, through you, through me, through your family, through your friends. Sometimes you can't hear him audibly, but just like in 1 Kings 19, like he didn't come in the tornado and the earthquake and all these things, but, but his voice came in that still, small, quiet place, in, that, in, in, in your prayer closet. Sometimes you got to remove yourself from the, the noise of this world and the noise of this life so that you could hear that still, small voice speaking. When I got saved, first time I got saved, y'all heard the story before in a U-Haul truck, I heard the Lord speak to me. Now, I didn't hear a voice from heaven. I heard a voice in my spirit. I knew it was God speaking. I just knew it. He said, Scott, I've been chasing you this whole time. He spoke to my heart. And he speaks to me constantly. This ain't a one-time thing. This ain't like, oh, God spoke to me. That's it. If you're having trouble hearing from him, you need to invite more Holy Spirit in you. Right? You need to get into his word more. You need to get around other people more. That will encourage you 
in the word, encourage you in his ways. The biggest trick of the enemy is this. He wants to get you alone. He wants to, he wants to get you to retreat. And he wants you to feel like nobody understands what you're going through. He wants to get you to hide instead of bringing it to the light. God speaks, but he also warns us, right? All throughout the Bible, you hear God shouting sometimes, warnings. God will use people. God will use his word. God will use his spirit to warn us. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Don't go that direction. Don't hang out with that person too much. Don't do this. Don't do that. But it's not a religious system. It's more like if you're driving in the mountains, right? Anybody ever been in the mountains, Blue Ridge Mountains or Colorado or wherever, right? You're driving in the mountains. One thing I know about mountains, I don't really like this too much because I'm not, like, really cool with heights that much. But, but if you're on a mountain road, there's this thing on the side of a road that, that a person built at some point. It's called a guardrail. The guardrail isn't there to be, you know, religious guardrail is there to protect you from hurting yourself or losing your life and so God will guide you God will warn you not to be religious but he doesn't want you to hurt yourself he doesn't want you to lose your life he doesn't want you to get wounded because he knows if you go that direction with that person you're going to get wounded but we have free will which is a whole other sermon, but we, we have the right in this world to choose what we want to do. And so a lot of us, if you're like me, sometimes you choose the wrong thing, right? And you find yourself way over here, and you wake up one day, you're like, how did I get here? Here's the good news. God is graceful, and he's forgiving, right? And he picks us up. And not only does he, not only does he come and find us over here, but he picks us up. He bandages our wounds. He heals us. And he brings us back into the family, into the flock, into his purpose. The last thing I want to say is with his voice, he also guides us. We talked about GPS last week. I'll never forget when me and Tammy had got married. The first week we got married, we ended up hopping on a plane because we had this mission trip planned to go to Kenya, Africa. Kenya, Africa. Radical was with us. And we went with our friend Adeli, who's actually from Kenya. He has family in Kenya. And so Adeli became kind of like our guide. If we would have got there and not known anybody, we would have been lost. You think drivers are bad in Atlanta? Remember the drivers in Kenya? Ooh, really bad. Somebody could have told us how to get around, but we wouldn't even have known how to drive a car there because people are driving on different sides of the roads. There's like no traffic lights. There's just, I mean, it's wild. And so we needed someone to walk with us for our protection. There was one, there was one place we were at. They said, don't take your cell phones out of your pockets. Actually, leave your cell phones where you're staying. Because if you pull an iPhone out of your pocket, you start taking pictures, one iPhone is like a year's salary 
Check this out. One iPhone is like a year's salary to some of these men and women. And so you're going to be a target. And guess what happened? We didn't listen to the God. Guess what some of the guys did? They took the cell phones out. That's Tammy. They started filming and taking pictures. And guess what happened? Next thing you know, they went to get their phone again. The phones are gone. They got pickpocketed. Not one person, not two people, but three people got pickpocketed while doing ministry. Why? Why did they get pickpocketed? Because we didn't listen to the God. The God was there to protect us. The God was there to tell us what to do and what not to do. And Romans 8.14 says, For all who are being led by the Holy Spirit are called sons and daughters of God. I find it interesting that the Holy Spirit is really never given a proper name, right? There's names for God the Father, Jehovah, Yahweh, Elohim, El Shaddai. We know the Son of God is called one name. His name is Jesus. But there is no name. There, there, there's only titles given to Holy Spirit. And he symbolized in a lot of different ways, fire, water, we, we talked about some of them, but also like a dove. He came in the form of a dove. He was also like a seal. He was oil. There's a lot of other ways that he was described. He's described as a comforter, right? Some of us need him today to be a comforter. That's a title, it's not a name. He's also called the spirit of promise, the spirit of truth the spirit of holiness, the spirit of grace, the spirit of glory, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of love, the spirit of compassion. He's called a brother. He's called a savior. He's called one who will guide us, our God. He's called a healer. He's called a deliverer. He's called peace. He's called joy. We read about these fruits of the spirit right we read about the things that actually will bear fruit in our life and all these things are good and I'm telling you maybe as I'm speaking right now because I'm speaking the word and the word is alive the spirit is starting to pull your heart and tug on your heart and convict you of some things now one thing I know about the spirit just like when I get into a shower right we use the soap and we we cleanse ourselves off from everything that tried to attach itself to our bodies the Spirit does the same thing. He's a cleansing Spirit. Right? He'll baptize you with Himself, but also with fire. And the fire will burn out everything that has attached itself to you that does not exist in heaven. Sometimes that doesn't feel good. But you have to be open to the inward working of the Spirit. You have to say, you know what? I'm okay with it. Do whatever it is you want to do, Lord. We all know how to do what we want to do and call it God. But it never works out the way that we want it to work out. But today, my challenge to you is, would you be willing to come to the cross and say, you know what, Jesus? Do whatever it is that you want to do. Holy Spirit, move in me. Holy Spirit, flow in me. Baptize me. Use my life. I lay my life down as a living sacrifice. Speak to me. Some of y'all need to hear his voice better. Some of us need to 
submit to the power and the wind of God. Some of us need to jump in the water. Some of us need to jump in the fire. Wherever we're at, I know that the answer is him. The Bible also says where two or more are gathered, there I, right, Holy Spirit is in the midst. When Jesus left, he left us him in spirit. The Bible also says that he gives us the Holy Spirit, right? The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. Not one like him, not like a, you know, a middle school spirit, not like, oh, a grandson spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. That means the spirit of God in you has raised people from the dead. You have to start to understand how powerful he is in you. Because then you can start to recognize, right, Holy Spirit. You can start to understand how he works. You can start to understand him a little more. And you won't be as afraid or you won't be as hands-off. You'll be able to just jump in and speak. You'll be able to jump in and do. I don't work on my car, even though I know a little bit, because I don't know enough. But if I knew enough, I'd be able to fix my own car. And if we know enough of him... If we know enough of the word, sometimes we'll be able to fix ourselves with him in us. So I want to pray today. Before I, before I came up here, I was praying right back there with Ray. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, I want to do greater things. I don't even know what that means, but I'm open to it. But we'll never see greater things outward expressions of Holy Spirit until we first see greater inward expressions of Holy Spirit. So we can sit here all day and point fingers. Kanye West this, or this person this, or this person this. I believe what the Lord is doing is he's speaking through people, right, to get us to look inside of ourselves. It's easy to point fingers. It's harder to look inside of you and say, Lord, what do I lack? Lord, what do I need? What do I need to change? See, that's a different place. That's a, that's a place of humility. That's a place of brokenness. See, God moves in those places. And so what I want to do is I want to open up the altar today. I'm going to ask if, you know what, if, if there's some place in you that you know that you need Holy Spirit to move in, that you need that light, right, to illuminate the dark places. Maybe there's some, there's some places in you that you've chained up, you've locked up because you hated who you were, but you know that there's something inside of that room that you need Holy Spirit to, to deliver you from or to heal. You've been wounded. You're walking, you, you know, you're walking with that wound for way too long. He's saying, bring it to me. I want to heal that wound. You have to bring it to the light. You have to bring it to the, to the openness so that he could heal it. Maybe saying, you know what, like, I'm battling these thoughts in my mind, right? I know it's not of God. I know these, this is of me or, you know, maybe it's the way I was raised that there's something in your mind that's causing you to continue to go down the same path. He's saying, bring those thoughts to me. Bring those thoughts to me. I know my prayers, Lord, I, just, I want you to do greater. Now, greater doesn't always look like greater in the world. 
more money, right? Bigger houses, more nicer cars. Greater means that I'll have peace that transcends all understanding. Greater means that I'll be able to love people unconditionally. Greater means that I have access to unlimited wisdom from on high. Greater means, you know what? I used to be this person. I'm no longer that person. I'm a new creation in the name of Jesus. All the old things have passed away and all things have become brand new. That's greater. I can walk in the authority of the King of Kings because Holy Spirit lives in me. So I just want to pray. I'm going to ask everybody to stand your feet right where you're at. Just stand up. And as we close today, my question to you is, it's real simple. It's real simple. Do you want more of him? Do you want more of him? Are you ready for him to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond what you can think or imagine? Are you ready for that? And are you ready to relinquish the results to God? You see, sometimes we think what exceedingly abundantly beyond what we can think or imagine looks like. So we have our own ideas of what we want. But see, when we lay our lives down and we surrender to Holy Spirit, we're saying, you know what? I want you to have your way. And when he takes control of our life, when you put him in the pilot seat and you get back in the back and you buckle your seatbelt, you say, go ahead and guide me and lead me wherever it is that you want me to go. You have to be okay with where he's taking you. That's a word for somebody in here. So if you're saying, you know what, I, I need more of him. I got some things in me that I need prayer for. I got, you know, I'm battling some things or I'm walking through the fight, whatever it is. I'm going to ask that you come forward. Alright, so, so come on forward right now. There's, just come on. We're going to turn this to a house of prayer for the next few minutes. We don't do this every week, but I felt led. I believe Holy Spirit wants to, wants to move today. He wants to move. Come on. There's people that are battling in your minds right now. I don't know I should go. I just, what are people going to think? Listen, this is a church that don't care what nobody thinks. It doesn't matter what people think. Just be real. We keep it 100. We keep it real. There's no room for fakeness. So I'm ready for more. I'm ready for more of you. You have had to be led. You've had to be led. And listen, don't ever stop being led by the Holy Spirit. But I'm talking about man, man. And as your pastor of this church, I believe that the Holy Spirit is getting you to a place where you can lead. Well, you don't have to depend upon my prayer. You don't have to depend upon an altar call, but you can depend fully upon him, his word, his spirit, because he is in you. It's a level of maturity that the Lord is growing you into. So, Father, mature us from the inside out, God. I thank you, God, that we have full access to your spirit. We have full access to your water, your stream, that we can be like that tree planted by the river that will bear fruit in season, and our leaves will not wither despite the season. In Jesus' name, I thank you, God, that greater is he who that is in us than he that is in the world. 
and that nothing is impossible to them that believe. Mm. I thank you that we move as an army, we move as one. With our general, Jesus Christ, leading us. We thank you, Father, for every person. We thank you, God, for every everything you're doing and everything you continue to do.